1: Get yours in Coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.
0: Welcome to the NFL Fantasy Football Show presented by DraftKings. Here's your host, Marcus Grant
2: what is up welcome to another edition of the nfl fantasy football show presented by DraftKings. it's me your man mg marcus grant still masking and socially distancing when and where necessary and welcome to another monday show we are almost done with week seven very nearly into week eight which means we really are getting into the stretch run of the fantasy regular season. It has been a wild and interesting year, and Sunday saw a lot of huge fantasy performances. We'll talk about a few of those on today's show with Kimmy Checks, as we always do on a Monday. Also, run through some of your waiver wire picks, try to figure out some running back rotations that have popped up around the league, and we'll preview the Monday night game between the Bears and the Rams. But before we do that, we'll talk to our faithful producer, senior Edward L. Murphy Esquire. Murph, hope the weekend treated you kind. How you feeling? Well, it was great. No Giants on Sunday, so at least their weekend wasn't ruined <laughs> by them. Um, but I will say in terms of fantasy, this is weirdly the first time uh, with all my teams that I'm going into the Monday night game down and have a player to uh, boost me ahead to win the game. So now I am nervous. I am very invested in uh, the Rams, uh, specifically Darrell Henderson. So Darrell Henderson, I know you will be listening to this podcast later today to prep you for the game. Uh, I just need 17. That's all I need 17 points. I'm going to get a W. So just please just do it for me. I you know what at this point I'm I'm sort of all in on Daryl Henderson just because you know I, I don't know what else to do with that Rams backfield he was the guy that I sort of rode with in drafts, so uh, I'm in on it but it's not it's always fun I think to have a real rooting interest on Monday night if if even if yeah. one of your teams isn't in it it's sort of nice to be invested in that game to- totally I mean it's good to feel something uh, again uh, towards NFL football so if it's not my team it's uh, it's guys that I have uh, on my fantasy team so it's it's great to be uh, super invested in tonight absolutely and we'll talk about that later on in the show but uh, to help us do that and plenty more on this monday show joined by the one and only kimmy checks and uh, you were showing me pictures of that beautiful brisket uh, you guys smoked on sunday was it as delicious as it looked
1: it was as delicious and then even more. It was the highlight of the Sunday. Also football, of course, as well. But it's been fun to kind of have this new weekend tradition, especially because of quarantine and the fact that we are working from home and watching games from home, that I have perfected a Traeger barbecue. My fiance and I, we fired up every weekend and smoke a different type of meat. So I don't know what's on the docket for next week. But once we get out of COVID, Marcus, I will smoke all of the meats and give them to you and your family and I will be a true Kansas City barbecue queen.
2: It sounds sounds pretty fantastic. Uh, Let's now turn our attention to some fantasy headlines. And our first one, uh, definitely not so fantastic. Odell Beckham Jr. is expected to miss the rest of the season. He has a torn ACL, suffered in the first quarter of Sunday's game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, Really injured himself after trying to make a tackle on an interception thrown by Baker Mayfield. And so that obviously a huge loss for the Browns offense, a huge loss for fantasy managers as well. But now, with Beckham out of the lineup, uh, who do you expect is going to step up, Kenny?
1: Well, obviously, the very first name that we're going to talk about and mention is Jarvis Landry, right? He's been that number two and that offense all season long, uh, and he's been productive. On top of that, though, and this is the caveat, we have figured out that he's also been playing through an injury. Obviously not something that is good if you have him in your fantasy lineup because you don't know the volatility of if he's going to be good, if he's going to be bad, if that injury is going to be severe enough to knock him out of a game. So I want to go a lot deeper on the depth chart, and especially for those of you who play in a deeper league Look for the name Donovan Peoples-Jones. You saw he was the one who caught that game-winning touchdown on Sunday and that win over Joe Burrow and the Cincinnati Bengals. Now, his main job before Odell Beckham Jr. went out is he was a primary returner, but I could see that role amplifying with Odell Beckham Jr. out now for the rest of the season. So obviously, we're going to talk later in the show about some other waiver-wire targets. I don't know if I would go run out and grab this guy immediately, but you have to look and see that Baker Mayfield went to him and trusted him in that game-winning situation where he absolutely needed to catch the ball. So maybe good things for him. But again, I know that's a lot deeper of a name uh, you know, on the waiver wire list and just as a priority in fantasy football. But you have to note what he did yesterday.
2: Rashard Higgins is is a name that has been certainly popular, I think, in fantasy circles over the last couple of years. Hollywood Higgins, I think they were calling him, although I I think that's (laughs) faded away now that Marquise Hollywood Brown is a thing. I don't know. They can battle it out over that. I have nothing to do with it. But uh, Rashard Higgins is a name that has certainly drawn some interest. He has had some some big games. You see the numbers there. uh, Six targets, six catches for 110 yards. So it seems like he's kind of the first guy up. You mentioned Donovan Peoples-Jones, who ended up having the game-winning touchdown catch. Uh, for the Browns on Sunday. He's the guy who's going to be in line. And Kaderil Hodge, who maybe is kind of a deeper pull. He's kind of a name, I think, in in some deeper leagues. Uh, But he is a guy that I know folks around Cleveland are excited about. He's come on and made some plays. Uh, He's coming back off of injury, should be back available with this team soon. So, again, if you are in deeper leagues, maybe that's a name you consider. But I do think it's going to be sort of a combination of guys. Jarvis Landry, obviously, is going to see a lot of work. Uh, We saw the tight ends, Harrison Bryant and David Njoku step up and make some plays in the passing game as well. So I think it's going to be sort of a collective effort uh, when it comes to the Browns passing game and who's going to catch passes for them. But definitely a big, big loss. It was something that head coach Kevin Stefanski said on Monday morning, you can't easily replace a guy with the talent of Odell Beckham Jr. But we're gonna see how the Browns try to do it for the rest of the season. But on the field, it ended up being a really entertaining game between the Browns and the Bengals. Cleveland getting a last second win there on the touchdown pass to Baker Mayfield. Uh, I, I will take some credit for motivating Baker to this huge game because in Slack on Sunday, uh, I said something to the effect that after a bad start, I think he was 0 for 5 with an interception. I think I said something to the effect of, guys, I don't think Baker's very good. Then he didn't throw an incompletion for the rest of the day. Ended up with five <laughs> touchdown passes. So for the Browns fans and for fantasy managers and for Baker himself, you're welcome. Uh, I will I will gladly take credit for that. Joe Burrow also having a huge day going over 400 passing yards and, and doing big things uh, again for the Bengals. But if you were going forward from here to the end of the season, Which of these two guys would you rather have on your fantasy roster?
1: Well, first of all, from here on out for the rest of the season, anytime a fantasy player of mine is doing badly, I'm going to slack you and say that they're not very good, and then hopefully they'll pull a Baker <laughs> Mayfield and turn it around, uh, and I can inspire them the way that you've inspired Baker. But if I had to choose between these two guys for the rest of the season, I'm going to swing with the rookie on this one just because, one, I love Joe Burrow, I love to Matt LSU, and I think there's big things in store for him at the NFL. But you have to look at the situation for that, for that Bengals team. They consistently play from behind, and that's just the situation because of that O-line and the way that they just let Joe Burrow get hammered every single week. But Joe Burrow, he consistently has to air out the ball so that they can play catch-up and win games. As you saw, he had three passing touchdowns. And he rushed for a touchdown himself. I think his mobility, his speed, the way that he throws the ball, he has like 40-plus passes in in every game he's played. Something crazy like that. Don't quote me, though. Uh, so because of all of those reasons, I trust Joe Burrow more, plus the fact that he's really connecting with his receivers and Tyler Boyd and T. Higgins. So, uh Joe Burrow all the way for me.
2: Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I'm completely behind Joey Burrow in this situation. Part of it is, as you mentioned, the Bengals are going to be playing from behind frequently. They're going to ask him to throw the football. Uh, He's thrown it well over 100 times in the two games that they played against the (laughs) Cleveland Browns. So uh, that's going to continue to be the case for him. The other part of it is when it comes to Baker, the Browns still want to run the football a lot. And Nick Chubb is going to be back probably in the next couple of weeks. We've seen them lean very heavily on Kareem Hunt. So that, I think, is still going to be the primary focus of this Browns offense, which means you're not going to have a lot of games where they expect Baker to throw the ball a lot. And if they do, that means something has probably gone wrong. So I, if we're just talking straight-up fantasy, I think I think Joe Burrow's the guy. Actually, I think in, in, in real football, and I know, look, Baker, I know, is still fairly early in his career. But I think Burrow right now seems to have a higher ceiling than Baker Mayfield does. So, you know, we'll let that one play out, but certainly in fantasy the rest of the way I think Joey B is going to be the guy. Speaking of being the guy, Tyler Lockett was totally that dude on Sunday night, 15 catches for 200 yards and three touchdowns, 53 fantasy points. You know, on Friday we do our Ask a Nerd segment and this past week it was top single game wide receiver performances since the year 2000 and what Lockett did last night actually got him into that list. It tied him at number five with Brandon Marshall, huge day. But the issue with Tyler Lockett tends to be that he's a bit of a roller coaster. He's up some weeks, and the next week he might give you just 35 or 40 receiving yards. He is, as our pal Matt Hartman would say, a Costco player where he tends to score his fantasy points in bulk. So you got one of those big bulk games for him. Do you do you just ride the roller coaster, or do you maybe see if you uh, you know you, you dangle him out there and you get some pieces back that give you a more stable week-to-week floor?
1: Well, first of all, let me say RIP to me and my fantasy dreams because, of course, this week I go up against somebody that has Tyler Lockett on their fantasy roster, and I just watch those 53 points accumulate as I'm trying to enjoy that football game, which completely ruined it for me. However, let's let's focus on Tyler Lockett here. I told you last week, I am a trade chicken. I'm a chicken to trade for someone. I'm a chicken to trade away someone, but I'm learning my lesson, and I completely agree with you in what you said. The volatility of Tyler Lockett, of not knowing, are we going to get a 38 fantasy point? point performance or a eight fantasy point performance, that then gives me the inclination that because of last night's game and the points that he put up, you could dangle him out on the trade block and see what you can get in return. So if I had any advice, maybe you're right. Now it is the time to trade away Tyler Lockett.
2: I... I go back and forth on this one because I do sort of, I, I I tend to stay away from guys that have that volatility. It was a big reason, for instance, that I was uh, sort of advocating staying away from Amari Cooper, although he's been, yeah, I guess, okay. Uh, Tyler Lockett's another one of those guys who the highs are really high, the lows are really low. I think I may go against my own advice. I may hold on to Tyler Lockett. <laughs> Come on, what are you of, doing? Just the sort, of, sort of, I don't know, uh, Take the chance on it, right? I mean, it seems a thing like things alternate between he and DK Metcalf, but I do. Here's the thing: I would at least maybe make some offers, see what people are willing to give me, and if if, look, if the offer is right, if somebody wants to give me something ridiculous, if there's somebody who is sort of out of their mind and they want to like you know counter back with like DeAndre Hopkins, like I'm not gonna say no to that. Um, (laughs) But but I I think you know I, I think it's a weird spot to be in, right? Because you look at that and you're like, man, three touchdowns, 200 yards? Like, why would I give that away? But I think people who have ru- who have ridden with Tyler Lockett understand that, you know, in fact, I, I got some people in my mentions last night saying, yeah, it's great until he gives you a four for 33 the very next week. And so I think people sort of understand that. And so uh, I, think, I think I'm think i going to try to live with it, but I understand putting him out there and seeing what you can get. So I, I, I think there's sort of two sides to this whole thing. Um, I mean, if you want to give me Tyler Lockett, Uh, You know, if you have him anywhere and you want to trade him to me, I will definitely uh, put together a trade offer for you uh, at some point. Um, What might be a little bit more difficult to engineer a trade deal for right now is Cam Newton, who the first couple weeks of the season, it looked like Cam was back to being the old Cam and and everything was going to be great. Then obviously missed some time uh, after being uh, diagnosed with COVID-19, has come back. And the last couple games have not been great. Sunday was probably a low point, certainly for the season. uh, Had an awful game against the San Francisco 49ers. Ended up getting benched in favor of Jarrett Stidham. Now, after the game, head coach Bill Belichick says that Cam's still the starter, so we're still going to go with him. So don't think about a quarterback controversy. But for us, uh, where we have maybe some more options at quarterback, what are we doing with Cam Newton now?
1: Well, I think because we didn't know what Cam Newton we were going to get before the season had started, a lot of people picked up Cam Newton as a streaming quarterback option, especially if guys played in two quarterback leagues like I did. So that's what I had done in this situation. Now, the first few weeks, that's when I started scratching my head, and I'm like, is, do I live in a world where I would ever replace Patrick Mahomes with Cam Newton? Obviously, the answer is no, but those first performances and all those rushing touchdowns he had, it was really attractive for, for fantasy managers, excuse me all this brisket in my teeth from last night. Anyway, Cam Newton now, what do we do from here? I think he continues to be a streaming option quarterback. I don't don't think you should quite dump him off yet because I think if if I figured out anything from Cam Newton, he likes to prove people wrong, and I think he's going to learn from this performance. If you look at the press coverage after the game yesterday, he took full accountability. He says, I need to be better. I understand I have to be better, and if I don't play well, then yes, I'm going to get benched and I respect that decision. But that's not at all what he wants to do. He wants to come back out and be the MVP VP like Cam that we know and we love. So I would hold our horses, continue to have him on the bench as your streaming quarterback, dependent on the matchup, but let's just see if he can have a bounce back week and then go from there.
2: I think the point you made, though, about people having multiple quarterbacks with Cam is probably a, a good one. If if you are carrying multiple quarterbacks, I think that allows you to be a little bit more patient with Cam Newton. I think in the past, in a lot of years, I've always just advocated keeping one quarterback, not, not having a second one. But this was a year that I, I certainly was on board with doubling up on certain positions whether it was quarterback, tight end, what have you, doubling up there because we just didn't know what was going to happen with COVID-19 and that sort of thing. So chances are you probably do have another quarterback, especially because Cam was going off the board so late. So I think in that respect, uh, you you can sort of hold on to him and, and wait for the matchup to be right. I don't know if this week's the one. They've got the Bills coming up. That's sort of been a hit or miss matchup, I think, for a lot of quarterbacks. So this might not be a week to rush him back into your lineup. If you play in a league with a shorter bench, uh, where you can really only afford to carry one quarterback, I think you can put Cam back on the waiver wire because I just don't think that there's there's not a reason right now to hold him. Uh, he's not going to be so coveted that if you drop him, people are going to rush to pick him up. People are going to look at what happened the last couple of weeks and sort of decide that maybe we stay away from Cam until the coast is clear. But uh, it has been a significant downturn the last couple of weeks and, and certainly reason to be concerned about a lot of pieces Uh, in that Patriots offense, not the least of which is Cam Newton right now. All right, today's show is sponsored by DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports. DraftKings has millions of dollars in total prizes up for grabs this week, so download the DraftKings app now. Use code TEAM during sign-up and start feeling the sweat like never before. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. And it's time for Performance Ready, presented by Castrol Edge. Monday means checks marks the spot. We picked three guys and Kimmy kind of gives us her thoughts on uh, what she believes you're going to do going out for the rest of the season. So I got a trio of guys and wanting to know whether or not you're back on the bandwagon for them. Maybe they struggled early, they started to turn it around, and whether or not you believe that this is something that's going to be for real. So. The first one is D.J. Moore, and we've sort of been kind of wishy-washy on him. Robbie Anderson had a great start to the season. We were underwhelmed with D.J. Moore. But if you look closely, he's had exactly 93 receiving yards in three straight games, which is weird and kind of amazing (laughs) on its own. Uh, But it also does speak to the fact that maybe he's been better than we want to give him credit for. The two touchdowns on Sunday certainly helped. So are we back on the D.J. Moore bandwagon now?
1: You know, I've actually been back on the DJ Moore bandwagon since week five because that has been when he really started to see the consistency. If you look from week five to now, Those three games combined, he's averaged 19.6 fantasy points, and he's clearly becoming a major receiving option and threat for Teddy Bridgewater and the Panthers. Now, yesterday, I thought it was going to be way more of a Robbie Anderson game, but that just wasn't the case. But I'm not hating against DJ Moore. I'm actually really happy for him, and I think fantasy managers should hold on to him and kind of continue to expect these plus 14 fantasy point performances week by week. If you look at the matchups for the Panthers from here on out, next week, DJ Moore should be an absolute must-start because they are playing the Atlanta Falcons. I think we all understand why you start everybody against the Falcons. But then they take on the Kansas City Chiefs. Then they take on the Bucks, and then the Lions and the Vikings before they have their bye. I would temper expectations in some of those tougher games, especially against the Chiefs. But at least for next week, DJ Moore must start against the Falcons. I'm on the bandwagon.
2: He has, uh, he's been a top 15 receiver the last couple of weeks. In fact, he's outscored Robbie Anderson over that period. So maybe he's starting to get back to the guy we thought he would be at the start of the year. Definitely very encouraging for anybody who spent an early round draft pick on him and has been frustrated so far. All right, we'll stay in that division and go down to Tampa, and okay, this one might be just me and my own personal asking here, uh, because with Tom Brady, I've really been back and forth and saying he's a streaming option, he's not a start every week, but he's been balling out the last couple of weeks, I mean, there's really no way around it, 369 passing yards, four passing touchdowns, also had a rushing touchdown in that game uh, against the Raiders on Sunday, so Uh, I mean, I think you're you were already on the bandwagon. I guess the question is, should I now finally just buy a ticket and grab a seat and and fully, fully uh, embrace being on the Tom Brady bandwagon?
1: Hop on board. Come on. He's no longer <laughs> a Patriot, so, so we can all root for him because we all hate the Patriots. Uh, I, I mean, I feel like I, I am back on the Tom Brady bandwagon, and very much like you, I just continue to tell people, oh, he's a streaming option, dependent on the matchup. And I still think, yes, that's the case because the Raiders wasn't a crazy defense that he had to face. But guys, it's it's Tom Brady, and Tom Brady is fully on a revenge tour of being like, I am the GOAT. I'm the only GOAT in the world. I am TB12, and I'm going to continue to be fantastic. Fantastic, And I think this is, like, really where he finds his stride in the middle of the season. I think one of the things that was really fun to watch Tom Brady yesterday is that he spread the wealth of the ball. He got a touchdown to Gronk, his bestie. He got one to Scottie Miller and Chris Godwin and Tyler Johnson. So I think he should absolutely be started next week going up against the Giants on Monday Night Football. And then he could be a streamer uh, in Week 9 as he faces Drew Brees and the Saints for matchup number two of the season. But remember in week one when he did see Tom, or excuse me, when he saw Drew Brees before, he put up 20 fantasy points. So you have to be mindful of that and realize Tom Brady may be a must start.
2: He, he is heading toward must start. And you know, just throwing the fact that they're probably going to have Antonio Brown on the field very soon. So that gives them one more weapon to work with on top of. Godwin and Evans and Gronk and Miller and, you know, the running backs that catch the ball out of the backfield as well. So you were talking about Tom Brady being in what is a going to be a fully loaded offense. So uh, I think I'm going to have to, you know, I'm going to have to shake myself a little bit and say that he's more than a streaming option. And he is a guy uh, that look I, I had him at the start of the year as I think QB 11 or 12. Uh, you know, who knows? He could very well be squarely smack dab in the top 10. Before the year is over, if he keeps playing the way he's been playing for the last couple of weeks. Uh, all right, one last one. And I feel like the Antonio Gibson hype has sort of ebbed and flowed, right? It was it was high tide when we got to late August, early September, when it looked like he was going to be the lead back. Early in the season, it wasn't so great because he just wasn't getting the ball a lot. Then it kind of swelled again. It's receded. Uh, then on Sunday, over 100 yards as Washington just dismantled a, a hapless Cowboys team. Uh, And so now another big game, 128 yards and a touchdown for Antonio Gibson. Is it back to high tide again with the, uh, the Gibson wave?
1: I think so. Again, it's so funny. It's like it ebbs and flows, ebbs and flows, and it's hard to completely pinpoint what you want to do with Antonio Gibson, but you also have to look at all the injuries we've seen this season, especially at the running back position. If you have Antonio Gibson, you hold on to him, and you should absolutely start him, again, looking and being mindful of the matchup. Now, yesterday's matchup against the Cowboys, it was a good one, and we saw Antonio Gibson fully step up and thrive in that workhorse role against the Cowboys. Now, he did only have one target in the passing game, which kind of does make sense because the Washington football team played from ahead for most of the game and they were really happy with running the ball on the ground. So I would go ahead and expect similar production from Gibson in week nine against the Giants. But first up, it's a bye week for Washington. So make sure you're mindful of that and you don't have Antonio Gibson in your lineup this week. But then once we head to week nine against the Giants, he should be started. So yes, back on the hype train for him. (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, in fact, I think the next four games are actually pretty favorable for Gibson. You mentioned the Giants, and they've got the Lions, they got the Bengals, who have been okay uh, against the run, and then it's the Cowboys again. So there's four weeks in a row you could see really good production from Antonio Gibson. It was weird a little bit, I guess, because he only got the one target. But you mentioned game script sort of factored into that where they didn't really need to throw the football to him a whole lot. But we know that he can do that. We know that's part of his game. And so we are starting to see the dividends for Antonio Gibson that we hoped would come when we found out that he was going to become the lead running back there for the Washington football team. Uh, You want to vote on which of these guys you should be most on the bandwagon with, the guy that is most likely to sort of continue this run of play, you can go to Kimmy's Twitter page, at KimmyChecks and vote for the poll right there. Uh, Make your thoughts be known. I mean, uh, it is a time for voting. There's certainly more important things to vote on, but uh, if you get a little time, you can vote (laughs) for this thing as well. All right, that was performance ready presented by Castrol Edge. All right, it is time to look at who should be on your waiver wire wish list heading into week eight. Uh, A lot of things are certainly coming together, guys coming back from injuries, other guys being lost to injury, and guys just not performing well, same as it sort of ever was. Go at the quarterback position, Teddy Bridgewater, who continues to be a streaming option, who has uh, another outstanding matchup coming this week against the Atlanta Falcons, so he should probably be top of mind if you need a quarterback for week eight couple of running back options chase Edmonds we saw uh Drake suffer an ankle injury on Sunday night now the early reports are that everything was negative on x-ray uh is scheduled to have an MRI on Monday so something to keep an eye on but on top of it Edmonds is probably just outplayed Drake for most of the year Jamichael Hasty, another name to keep in mind. Jeff Wilson had a huge day for the 49ers, but then uh, he suffered what's being called a high ankle sprain and is likely to miss some time there. So Hasty might get some more opportunity, especially because Jarek McKinnon barely played. Uh, wide receivers, Nelson Aguilar, Brandon Ayuk, Richard Higgins, obviously, with. Odell Beckham Jr. out for the rest of the year. Scotty Miller still getting looks down there in Tampa. And then at the tight end spot, Harrison Bryant, a name to remember after a couple of touchdowns on Sunday for the Browns. Uh, let's start though with Chase Edmonds there because we mentioned the injury to Kenyon Drake. But Kimmy, it just, I think it's just hard to argue. Chase Edmonds has just played better even when Drake's been healthy this year.
1: He has, and that's why I'm so confused and wondering why he's still, why he's only rostered, excuse me, And 32% of NFL.com leagues. If you listen to Marcus or myself or Florio or Rank all season long, his name has been on the waiver wire, I think every single week since week one or week two, because you're right. He has outplayed Kenyon Drake every single week and he continues to do so. He rushed five times for 58 yards and caught all seven of his targets for 87 yards, finishing with 21.5 fantasy points against the Seahawks. Now, if you do pick up Edmonds, Be careful because they are on a bye this week. But once they return, they go to play the Miami Dolphins and then the Buffalo Bills, and then the Seahawks yet again. I think Chase Edmonds is my number one priority on the waiver wire this week. And he's going to continue to be until everyone fully gets on board and realizes this guy is a dynamic threat on the football field, not only because he runs, but he's also involved in the passing game. We saw how well Kyler Murray and him both played last night. So, get him into your lineup and stop sleeping on Chase Edmonds.
2: I mean, maybe the biggest numbers, these seven catches for 87 yards. I mean, just doing damage in the passing game. You know, he's sort of doing what Kenyon Drake did last year he just doesn't get the number of snaps or touches that we saw from Drake late last season and maybe maybe this conversation is less for the fantasy managers out there and more for Cliff Kingsbury like <laughs> why why are you still rolling with Kenyon Drake as your lead running back here when Edmonds has certainly shown that he's deserving of more opportunities and look you're, you're right there, there is a buy coming up this week for Arizona so that's something to keep in mind. But If you have the opportunity to stash him, if you just need running back help for the future and you have somebody on your roster that you can drop, Chase Edmonds should be very high on your priority list uh, this week to to add because he's the guy who I think is going to be the closer to the workhorse in Arizona moving forward. Another name to mention, Brandon Ayuk, who the rookie from Arizona State has, has played really well, I think, for the 49ers this year. Part of it though, Debo Samuel suffered a hamstring injury late in the win over the Patriots, and I know, Kimmy, he's not necessarily a household name yet, but I think, again, if you're looking ahead and you're looking to stash a guy that has some upside late in the season, it seems like Brandon Ayuk uh, is a guy that you might want to keep an eye on.
1: Right, and also just think about the big-name notable injuries that we had yesterday at the wide receiver position, like Odell Beckham Jr. I'm not saying that Brandon Ayuk is going to completely step up and fill that role, but if you need help with the wide receiver position, you have to look at this guy. He's only rostered in 10% of NFL.com leagues, even though he led the team in targets and receptions yesterday uh, in that huge win over the New England Patriots. Now, with 115 receiving yards against a usually tough Patriots secondary, secondary, even though that was a really tough game for them. I think Brandon Ayuk has proved his work in that 49er offense, and he must be utilized next week, especially against the Seahawks and what we know for sure will be a Russell Wilson shootout. We saw how well Russell Wilson played yesterday. That means the 49ers are going to have to try to keep up with that and throw the ball, and I could see Brandon Ayuk being on the receiving end of that.
2: Absolutely, when you talk about the Seahawks matchup being the next one on on the docket there for the 49ers, that, I think, makes it even more imperative that you go out and you try to add Brandon Ayuk this week. I I have been impressed with, one, the way he plays, but more than that, with how Kyle Shanahan wants to get him the football. I mean, you see here they're using him downfield as a threat. I mean, if if Jimmy Garoppolo makes a better throw uh, on that long ball, then Ayuk probably scores a touchdown there, but they're still trying to get him the ball Early on, they were using him on jet sweeps and as a runner, so they want to get the ball in his hands. There is a reason that the 49ers traded up to get Brandon Ayuk. They want to use him, and I think especially if Debo Samuel has to miss time, which is certainly very possible, then uh, I think Ayuk is going to get a whole lot more work in. George Kittle's going to get his. You don't have to worry about that. But uh, I think Ayuka's is a guy that, that uh, is, is going to be out there. You mentioned uh, Chase Edmonds probably is your top priority. I think that's going to be the case. I would say Rashard Higgins uh, is going to get some looks. I, I'd like to try to figure out what's going on with that 49ers backfield with Jamichael Hasty and Jerick McKinnon, and who knows, Mostert's going to be back soon, and Tevin Coleman, and I think Roger Craig and Tom Rathbun. You can keep going back and back and back to however many <laughs> running backs you want to find there in San Francisco. But uh, I think it's probably worth your while to try to pick a guy that you think is gonna get some touches because you know you just really never know there uh anybody else that didn't make the list that you think might be worthwhile picking up this week
1: no, so uh, th- he made the list, but I just I just want to double down. You guys, Teddy Bridgewater has been fantastic, and I know we talked about him last week, and he was on your list this week. You know, before I was hyping up Andy Dalton more, as I'm going to go grab Andy Dalton on the waiver wire, and I think he could be a top 15 fantasy quarterback just because of that offense and, and how bad the defense is, so they have to throw the ball. No, take that away. Done with Andy Dalton, clearly. I want to focus on Teddy Bridgewater. If you need another streaming option at quarterback, like Marcus said, Teddy Two Gloves is going up against the Atlanta Falcons this week. He should be a must-start. He's playing really well. We were talking about DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson and the way he's feeding his receivers. So, Teddy Two Gloves, if you need a quarterback, grab him.
2: Yeah, absolutely, especially because uh, like Kyler Murray, for instance, is one of the guys who's going to be off this week. So, if you got Kyler, you're going to need a quarterback. Uh, in week eight. So Teddy is certainly out there and and a solid option for you. Yeah, I mean, just go out and stream them. It's it's just that easy. So there's a chance that you are watching this show on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash NFL Fantasy Football. But if you haven't checked it out, you should go and do that. You can like, you can subscribe. We're putting up a ton of videos there. We have our streaming shows like this, like NFL Fantasy Game Day, like Fantasy Nuggets with Kimmy and Adam Rank and Michael F. Florio. That's there as well. Plus just all sorts of fun videos and a whole lot of content there. So go check it out, like, and subscribe. YouTube.com slash NFL fantasy football. All right, it's spin the wheel of running backs time. We do this, it seems like every few weeks. We start to reevaluate some of these running back committees and figure out which is the guy that you would be best off with. Chances are you may or may not have him on your roster. Maybe you try to make a trade for him, or maybe if you just are of the daily fantasy persuasion, which of the two you would like to sort of rock with on any given week. So we will start with your beloved kansas city chiefs uh everything seemed to be going swimmingly with clyde edwards helaire and then they go and sign levy bell who did get on the field got a couple of touches uh broke off uh, i think a 15-yard run uh, last week as well for the chiefs so we know they've got two quality running backs on this roster but between Lev bell and the rookie ceh which one would you prefer to have on your fantasy roster
1: I'm sticking. I'm sticking with the OG, and the OG in this scenario, it's Clyde Edwards-Alaire. You guys, he came off of his season-high performance in week six against the Buffalo Bills, and then he tweeted out, and uh, it was so funny, after that game, and this is right, you know, before the news of, or after the news of Le'Veon Bell broke, he said... My production is silent, just like the H in my name. And he understands that there's this whole running back controversy of, is it him or is it Le'Veon Bell? You guys, it is absolutely Clyde Edwards-Alaire. There's no shade against Le'Veon Bell. I'm happy that he's joining my team. I think it's going to lead us to yet another Super Bowl win. But if you have to look at this in fantasy football terms, Stick with Clyde Edwards-Alaire. He's had 130-plus scrimmage yards in three of, of seven games this season. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire, he's going to continue to be that number one back. So stardom.
2: I'm going to rock with CEH as well. And by the way, I, every time I, I hear that tweet or hear that comment from, from Edward D'Alaire, I just think of the uh, classic Lil Wayne line, real G's move in silence like lasagna. But I feel like – I feel like <laughs> – I, I ceh is that guy that they want to give the majority of the work to and they're certainly going to use levy on bell and i think he's going to have some good games and here's the thing if you've got Lev bell if you drafted him or traded for him or what have you hold on to him because he's still going to get production he's going to get opportunity this this isn't to say that suddenly he's going to become just some dud that that's going to be you know a dead weight on your roster like i don't think that's going to be the case at all but i do think edward teller is still the guy they want as the primary back They'll use Bell as a way to kind of compliment him a little bit. And I just think that the way Edward DeLair runs and his style is sort of more conducive to working with Patrick Mahomes in that backfield. So I'm with you. Uh, he's the guy that I would I would rather have there if I had to pick between the two Chiefs. All right. In Tampa, it's getting messy again because when Leonard Fournette was hurt, it was clearly Ronald Jones' backfield. And he had three games where he had more than 100 yards rushing. And it seemed like he was just taking over that job. Then Fournette comes back. And it goes back to being split again. In fact, Fournette got, I think, more touches in the game than Rojo did. Uh, Jones ended up having a touchdown, which gave him a pretty decent fantasy day against the Raiders. So now what are we doing? Are we going Fournette? Are we going Rojo here?
1: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with Rojo because you mentioned Leonard Fournette and the fact that he deals with injury. I don't know if I trust him to be 100% healthy for the rest of the season. And if that is the case and if that is the scenario, then again, it goes back to it being a Ronald Jones backfield. Now, I think I literally had an audible gasp when Leonard Fournette joined the Bucks because I just drafted <laughs> Rojo and I was like, oh, no, my season's over. But Ronald Jones has still continued to be productive. I understand that now it's probably going to be closer to a 50-50 40 60 split so we can't go out and expect huge huge things from either of these guys but ronald jones is also way more consistent on getting into the end zone which as a fantasy manager that's what you want you want that plus six so i'm going to rock and stay with rojo on this one
2: i am too part of it is i think all the things you said like the touchdown upside part of it i will admit is my own stubbornness for having gotten on the rojo hype train and just not wanting to get off of it i still think He's going to be very productive. I just, it's it's frustrating on the one hand that a guy can play as well as he did the last few weeks, and then suddenly you know Leonard Fournette comes back and immediately just chops into it. But I sort of understand what Bruce Arians is doing, right? Because Fournette has given them some good production when he's gotten the football as well. I just think it's going to be sort of inconsistent with who we can count on. So I'm going to stay with the guy who has been in the system, who knows the system, and who has played well when given the opportunity. And for me that's Ronald Jones. So, uh, I mean, Bruce, just throw us a bone, man. Like, let us just have one guy. Let us know who it is. Like, that would be appreciated, but I know that that's not going to happen. All right, the last one here, and we sort of hinted at it in the last segment. The 49ers are, you talk about an embarrassment of riches in Kyle Shanahan's run game. Let's just start with the fact that Raheem Mostert is going to be the RB one here when he's healthy. When he's back, he's the lead running back. The question, though, becomes behind him because you know guys will still get touches. So right now, uh, Jeff Wilson went, went out of the game on Sunday with what was being called a high ankle sprain. We don't know what his you know short-term prognosis is going to be. So let's say between Jermichael Hasty, who ran the ball pretty well, and Jarek McKinnon, who we thought was going to get touches but didn't. If we have to pick one of them going forward, who is it going to be?
1: I think I want to go with Hasty on this one, just because I feel like there's way more consistency. I think McKinnon is going to have opportunities, and he's going to get touches as well. But you want consistency and fantasy football. So if I had to choose between the two, I'm going to rock with Hasty. But Marcus, I know that this is your team. You're a San Francisco 49er fan. So what are you doing in this scenario?
2: I think I'm going Hasty as well, because I think yesterday was sort of telling, right, where – we thought McKinnon was going to at least split snaps, right? I mean, I could see, I, I understood Wilson getting the ball and I figured he- Hasty was going to maybe get some opportunities as well. But I really was shocked that we didn't see much of Jarek McKinnon in the game at all. And look, trust me, from the responses I got in my mentions when I tweeted out a sad Pablo Escobar gif, a, a <laughs> lot of people were expecting big things from Jarek McKinnon and, and they didn't get it. And that to me says a lot. Uh, that they went heavily with wilson and then they went to hasty right after wilson went down late in that game so uh, I, I that makes it really hard for me to trust Jarek mckinnon now the caveat to all of this is that in a couple of weeks tevin coleman is going to be back and he could completely throw a wrench in this whole thing although i will say that of all of the backs in the niner backfield coleman seems to be the least productive but he also seems to be the one that kyle shanahan keeps going back to over and over again inexplicably so uh i'm gonna say hasty but i'm gonna put a big fat asterisk next to it and understand (laughs) that that kyle shanahan could pull some shanahanigans on us and go with tevin coleman and pretty completely wreck everybody's week um but whatever uh again i go back to what i said at the beginning of this conversation that raheem Mostert is going to be the number one back whenever he's back and healthy again and everybody else is sort of fighting for what's left over there uh and so you know Godspeed to you trying to pick that 49er running back. That is going to be uh, the secondary option there. Uh, Hey, you know, last election, millions of voters were unable to cast their ballots. Why? No game plan. Join the NFL family by making your game plan today and making your voice heard this November. Visit NFL.com slash votes to learn more. We've got an interesting one coming up on Monday Night Football. It is the Rams and the Bears from SoFi Stadium. And uh, you know, a couple of teams that defensively are pretty good, offensively have their flashes, but also have some flaws as well. So, But the, a lot of fantasy-relevant options in this game. And so as Eddie mentioned at the top of the show, I'm sure there are going to be a lot of people with some interest in this one. To close out week seven in their fantasy league. So let's start in the backfield. We talked about these running back rotations. The Rams running back rotation may be as confusing as any of them with Cam Akers there, Daryl Henderson, Malcolm Brown back there. But if you had to pick a Rams running back, who's it gonna be?
1: It's gonna be Daryl Henderson. Now I know I understand that he has not played more than 50% of the offensive snaps because of those other guys you just mentioned, and Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers. However, Daryl Henderson is a hundred percent the lead back even though it could be confusing to understand because of all those other players. But he is the starting running back after he put together a strong start to the season, 444 yards from scrimmage and four touchdowns in six games. Because of those reasons, I'm going to rock with Henderson on this one, even though Malcolm Brown and Cam Akers are, I'm sure, going to have big breakout games and then Henderson will have no work. But for now, it's Henderson.
2: I'm going with Daryl Henderson as well. This is also part of me maybe being a little bit stubborn here because he was the Rams running back I sort of pegged at the start of the year. He's been sort of hard to figure in some respects because it feels like when he's had a good matchup, they haven't given him the ball. When he's had a bad matchup and people are sort of fading him, that's when they give him the ball a lot and he goes out and performs well. So it has been a little bit up and down with him, but I do think this is a situation where he's going to get a lot of work there. And the Bears, the defense is very good, but if there's a place they can sort of be had, it is uh, against the run game. That's a thing that Adam Rank has pointed out repeatedly this season. So if I got to pick one, I'm going to go Daryl Henderson, which totally means this is the Cam Akers game because that's just (laughs) how things go. Uh, Okay, over to the Rams wide receivers. Choose your fighter. you Are going Robert Woods or Cooper Cup.
1: Okay, I know we just said that the Bears aren't great against the run, but they are really good against the passing game. They rank third against wideouts. So regardless, it's going to be a tough one for both Cooper Cup and Bobby Trees. If I had to pick one fighter to knock him out tonight, I'm rocking with Bobby Trees because he's had a receiving touchdown and two games straight, and he's been the one who's been able to put up 14-plus fantasy points on four different occasions, while Cooper Cup, he's only been able to do that twice, and this really hasn't been a Cooper Cup season. He's been dropping passes in the end zone, which makes fantasy managers just scream and not like him so much. So if I had to rock with one tonight, it's going to be Robert Woods.
2: I'm going Robert Woods as well. And for some of the reasons you're seeing on the video there, they like to get him the football on those sweeps, get the ball in his hands as a runner. And it just seems like he's been more versatile in the Rams passing game than Cooper Cup. I mean, I think there were a lot of people concerned that some regression was coming for Cup. And I think we have seen it a little bit the other thing about the Rams passing game that just worries me in general is that it's a lot of short throws. They have struggled to get the ball downfield. So it does force guys to be good with the ball in their hands after the catch. I think Woods is slightly better at that than Cup is. So uh, I'm I'm agreeing with you. He's the guy that I would probably pick in this one. All right, let's kind of go uh, between the teams here, the tight end position, which has been so hard to figure out this year. Choose your fighter, Tyler Higbee or Jimmy Graham?
1: Jimmy Graham, all the way. I have Tyler Higbee in a fantasy league of mine, and he's put up like three points every single week. So I love you, but I'm done with you. I'm focusing on Jimmy Graham because look at all the opportunities that he gets inside of the red zone. He consistently sees red zone targets, and he's able to score. Now, I know last week, Cole Clement, he was the guy who was able to score in the end zone. But regardless, Jimmy Graham is the tight end number one option for the chicago bears i think he's going to be targeted heavily tonight by nick Foles and try to bring home that w for our producer hytham and his chicago bears
2: i, I think graham's going to see a lot of targets especially because the the rams are going to do their best to try to lock down on Allen robinson i'm still starting a rob it doesn't matter um but i do think that's going to open some things up for graham higby has been crazy inconsistent this year we're always going to have some gerald everett targets and some gerald everett games in there plus The Rams have been so run heavy this season, and if they feel like they can run the ball on the Bears, that means that they are less likely to throw the football unless they absolutely have to. So I do think Graham is probably the better option of those two tight ends there. Uh, And I'd say that if it was Gerald Everett versus Jimmy Graham or Tyler Higbee versus Jimmy Graham, I think I'm going Graham either way. Uh, All right, last one. So I mentioned Allen Robinson. We're starting him anyway, but what are your projections for him point-wise this week?
1: Ooh, I'm going to go a little high on Allen Robinson because I want him to have a crazy breakout game and be amazing like we know he can be. So I'm going to say he's going to have 20 fantasy points tonight, even though I understand the Rams are ranked second against wide receivers in fantasy football. I don't care about that. You're rid of the stats. I think he's rocking with 20 points tonight. What do you have him for, Marcus?
2: I've got him right around 16. Uh, I I think they're going to target him quite a bit, but I do think, you know, I think he'll have a decent game. Um... I don't know if he gets in the end zone, but I think, you know, between the the catches and the yards, I think the number is going to be okay for Allen Robinson. I mean, he's a guy that has shown us regardless of the matchup, regardless of who's throwing the football, he's going to go out there and he's going to make plays and he's going to produce, which is why I said, I don't care that the matchup is bad on paper. Uh, I'm starting Allen Robinson. You, you spent an early round draft pick on him for a reason. And so you're going to kind of let it ride. You're going to let him play this week and uh, you know, uh, you're gonna expect, hope for the best, and uh, hopefully he gets you somewhere in the mid-teens. And you know, if you get 20, hey, then you're dancing at that point. So, uh, brisket sandwiches for everybody tonight.
1: Yes, brisket sandwiches. I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll come drop some by by your place as well. We gotta we gotta spread the wealth in the time of COVID. I got some brisket coming your way, Marcus
2: absolutely hey appreciate that uh as for us that is it we are done we appreciate you hanging out with the nfl fantasy football show presented by DraftKings. you know the drill tell two friends to tell two friends rate review and remember nobody talks about jesus's miracle of having 12 friends in his 30s be safe take care of yourselves wear a mask and we will see you on wednesday